Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This podcast is brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Native Grape Odyssey is an educational project financed by the European Union to promote European wine in Canada, Japan, and Russia. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Ward, and my guest today is Maurizio Zanella. Maurizio is the founder and president, CEO, of Cardel Bosco. Welcome. Hi, Monty. What is what is Cardel Bosco? What does it actually mean, first of all, and where is it? Yeah, Cardel Bosco, the meaning is uh, ca is a dialect for casa. In Italian, it's ca. Del Bosco is in the forest, so it was a small house in the middle of the forest. That is, was when we started in 68, Cardel Bosco in the beginning. A small house in the middle of a forest. And which region of Italy are we talking about? We are talking about Franciacorta, that uh, probably uh, most of the people doesn't know exactly where it's located, but we are in Lombardy between Como Lake and Garda Lake, exactly south of a small lake called Iseo. Lake Iseo? Yeah, and uh, it's a beautiful area. So in 1968, it was this house in the woods. Yeah. Were there vineyards attached to it at that time? No, no vineyard. There was other vineyard in Franciacorta, but not next to this house. This house was uh, a dream of my parents to have a small farm. They was living in Milano and they want to have a small farm close to the city at one hour and uh, do, you know, vegetable, uh, good, fr- good food. And so they have pig, they have a cow, they have milk, chicken, fruit tree, grapes to do some wine, but very, very small quantity. So did you grow up there? No, I was sent in exile in this farm in uh, 70. 1970? Because... How old were you, sorry? I, I was uh, 15, 14, 15, because it was a six, I am 56, so I was 14. Mm-hmm. Because uh, in those years, you probably remember, there was the revolution of the student. It's supposed to be all communist, Mao Zedong, and this thing. So I have trouble in Milano with school. I lost actually two years. So they sent me in exile in the farm in order to be more quiet. So you were you were a re- you were a rebel then, were you? Yeah, very. Really? So you were so you bought into the student protest? Yes, uh, in the 68. So that was. Start- and I was very young because the protest was done for the university guy. Yeah, started in France, 18, didn't it? 19, started in Paris and then in Milano. But it was done from people that was 19 up. The people right. of university, and I was thirteen, and uh, so, so you were a rebel. So that was a difficult age for a boy as well, yes. thirteen. Yes, so I was thinking that it was more fun to do the to war against the police instead to go to school. So to be I a lost two years. Yeah. yeah, I lost two years. Did four. you get into real trouble then? Yes. Yes. You know, I mean, look at you now. Yeah, well, uh, I learned something. You know, my, if my, <laughs> my grandmother's not with you, but if I introduce you to my grandmother, she's always oh, a very smart man. He's very, like, you know, very yeah. friendly. I am very friendly, but at the time, I, I have my experience in me. Yeah, but do you look? But do you look back on that before we go forward? Do you look back on that with regret or as a learning experience? Learning, learning experience. I just lost two years of my life, but uh, was a great experience, really great. Uh, not because it was fun, but because I learned too much. I learned a lot from my father. He was uh, obviously in trouble and... Uh, because of your behavior. Yeah, and uh, so when he understand, and he understand 
before any other people that I have a real interest that was wine. He have given me the freedom at 50 years to do what, what I have done. And so this was outstanding because I have a son now that is not even 30 and I don't let him do nothing without asking, what you do? Why you do this? Why you do that? And if I think that my father would make me build the first cellar without telling me nothing, how tall, how big, how small, which color. So he let you have your own freedom? Yes. I, I, I built the first cellar at 16 years old, Damn. alone. So he let you make your own mistakes? Yes. So that you could learn from them? Yeah. And you do that and you're happy that your yes, son is yes, the same? Yes, yes, yes. It was a, was a big school. Okay, so that's the Cardel Bosco. Yeah. So how did it become a little house in the woods uh, with a few vines and a few pigs into a Really, what is a globally recognized brand in, in wine circles? What was the journey? The main reason, objective, is the timing. If I was starting 10 years early, we was bankrupt because uh, no one was looking in Italy in those years of good wine. Mother was looking for quantity wine. Cheap wine, yeah. Cheap. And if I was starting 10 years later, I was not number one. I was number 122 and was more difficult to stay on the first line. So the timing, by chance, have been something magic, not planned, a lot of luck to get the right timing to be probably one of the five, 10, 20 winery that have changed the Italian, the Italian winemaking. And to be one of the actors of what I call Italian wine renaissance was a big chance, but was not planned. It was all done by chance, and but this was very, very, very lucky. The second thing is that the timing, and the, thing, the second thing was that I have no plan. I have a dream. There was not budget, project, planification. I have only a dream. I want to do something great because my first cellar that I visited when I was 16, by chance, was DRC. Domain de la Romani Conti. And uh, it was uh, incredible because after DRC I was in Champagne and when I came back from this trip, the light probably turn on and when I come back I say I want do better we can do better in Italy and so I start with this kind of proposal for sparkling wine we're talking about yeah. for high for yeah, premium yeah. yes sparkling wine and so another the third lucky thing so the first is timing the second is dream a nice dream and the third is that I found a after my father my real father that uh, was very a genius to let me give this freedom. I found a father with the culture and with love of this world that he was my teacher, my philosopher. It was Luigi Veronelli that he took me under his uh, wing because I was so young and he, he looked a guy of 17 years so passionate in wine and probably he was uh, say this is something crazy. So Luigi Veronelli, for those of you who don't know, is probably the most influential writer on Italian wine in the Italian language. And it took me, really, we have walked together, make ton of miles in car together, flight in all the world together to learn about wine, about food. And uh, he was a big teacher. Teacher not how to make the wine, but the philosophy of uh, the extreme and the quality and the not lifestyle style of life yeah there's a difference isn't there a big difference so no. you, I mean your family I mean how did you meet Veronelli was that through your father no no I was in a fair 
in Genova. It was a fair for hotel and restaurant called Bibe. I believe it was 74, 75. The first wine that I was doing, I was in a fair and Veronelli came and said, who do the wine? I said, yeah. And he said, you, you're too young. I said, no, it's me. Where are you? And so he was, he, he was living in Bergamo, that is 20 miles from Caderbosco. So we was also lucky that we was very close. So he started a really strong friendship. And uh, this was my luck also, to have so, someone that give me the, I would say, the philosophic idea, not the technical. Yeah, the actual dream, just to shape the to dream. To shape the dream and, and make the dream become reality with uh, pushing me and tell me this is wrong, this is good, but not to tell me how to do it. So what was the wine he actually tried? Was it a sparkling wine or a red wine? No, 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 it was a steel wine because at the time it was Pinot di Franciacorta. It was a steel wine because we start to do the sparkling uh, in the 78 and so it was before this. So it was a still a Pinot Noir? It was a Pinot Blanc, oh, Pinot Blanc okay. with uh, some Chardonnay without to know unfortunately that there was but a sparkling wine or a still wine still okay it was a still done with Pinot Blanc that we supposed at the time to have only Pinot Blanc Pinot Gris and Pinot Noir and the Pinot Blanc in reality was a, a blend of all vineyard because in the time in Italy really the knowledge on quality on clone on vine was really low and so there was no Chardonnay the Chardonnay was not existing and they blend Chardonnay and Pinot Blanc and Pinot Muscat like if it was the same thing so I still have the vineyard I don't want to take it out the first vineyard to show what they sell me in 72 the Italian nursery I don't make name, obviously, but that they say this is Pinot Blanc and they give us four or five varietal blend without to know. They don't do because they want to Just do to something sell. bad. But yeah. there was no knowledge. They was only looking for the rootstock that produce a lot. This was the only interest. Yeah, that time was... Yeah. Uh, the only focus in the 70s was uh, high yields, high production. Yeah. So, so that start everything, and uh, this is how start Casablanca. Okay. Well, the idea from that little wine fair where you got yeah. some encouragement to being part of a brand that is, as I said before, is, is basically globally known. The, what, what happened in the middle? How, well, tell us about the middle part of the story. Hey, it's a very long and uh, beautiful story. I have a lot of. I mean, you're very obviously you're a very charismatic guy, and you. you I don't know if I'm charismatic, but. Well, in my, in my view, you're a charismatic. Uh, I, I love what they do, that's it. Yeah, okay, so you obviously got passion for what you do. You've got technical background. You've, no, had, the right, you've I, had the right influences in yes, your... Yes, then I go to so, study in Bordeaux, then I go to study in Burgundy. Then I was so lucky to take from Champagne one old man was that I was lucky again there was the name was Andre Dubois and the translation of Dubois obviously is Del Bosco so from the forest so I have also the surname that was Andre Dubois yeah. uh, so Andre Dubois took in Italy the culture the tradition that we miss in those times because uh, without them my friend and Italian winemaker they are upset with me but at that time there was no knowledge in the 70s there was only one probably that you know the name start with tea that uh, was a winemaker making great wine but the culture on quality in Italy, wine the tea in Italy or in somewhere else Telechef in California no, you mean. both of them yeah. uh, the California then became doing the wine for Caderbosco before another brand from Toscany but he had worked on 8081 82 Andre Telechef with us make the, our still wine before I start a, a serious collaboration. He have done this friendly because we are we was friend. Then he get a very good contract with the wine that now is 
know worldwide in Italy, in Tuscany. But um, this time the knowledge was so low that I was obliged to take someone from France for the French Accorta wine and someone from California for the steel wine because we miss the culture into great wine. So it was important, especially after I study in Bordeaux University and in Ecole d'Enologie de Talence, Station Enologique de Bourgogne in Bonn. I feel that in Italy we was sleeping or we was focused on another product and so I understand that we have to change everything. So we change how to plant the vine, and we go from 1,500 foot vine for hectare to 10,000 vine for hectare. So high-density vineyards. Yes, and we start all the process in order to try that the dream became reality. So those are the 47 years that I am talking to you. Yeah, we can start the interview then. No, no, I'm joking. No. I mean, but you obviously, you, no, no, it's the brilliant. Harvest, but what what I miss the most is uh, the tradition, because all the other thing you can buy or you can uh, get the knowledge or you can have idea. We have five patent in Calabosco that no one in the world wine have ever done. So you have a lot to do. So when if we patent something, means that we can patent another hundred. So we are in the prehistory still in quality wine. There is a lot to do. But what are you patenting? They're not great right? Patent, I don't or? know. We patent to do the degorgement without oxygen. So we don't add one milligram of sulfite at degorgement. This is the more important patent that we have. So uh, you want to reduce the sulfite levels? Yes. And uh, a degorgement. You know that when you when do as good as the wine, you feel the protection the CO2 because you lose the CO2 oxygen get in and, and you have oxidation so you have to protect the wine with sulfite and you you give a big amount in this moment of sulfite and I was crazy I said no no we have to find a way not to add any and we get this and we pass in this then the new crazy thing is that when we turn all the vineyards in organic and we are certified organic with more than 200 hectares we find out that copper was not so healthy and was not so good for the fermentation because the yeast doesn't like him I speak very simple in order that everyone can understand and so we think something crazy because I think like my grandmother was only screaming with me when I was eating an apple say wash it so we patent the first berry spa so we wash all the grape and we dry all the grape before pressing and some people was laughing when we started this 11 years ago and now I mean we see the result in the wine where the wine are more clean I'm not joking they are more clean and they are more pure have more integrity so there are a lot of things where we are working on and we are not finished we believe because now the lack of Carlo Bosco is that there is people working with me for more than 30 years that are more integralist of me and so I have to keep them a little more calmy, I say calm. So you mean they want to be even sort of greener or... No, integralist in the quality, integralist in the fact that dedication... To obsessive or Obsessive. What? Obsessive on quality and never happy. Like you? Like me. So they want to be more than me. So I say, no, please, I am already too much. Want enough, yeah. uh, so please be, be, be a little bit less. But they are never happy. And so the, everyone now that have a role in Cadel Bosco, in, in the viticulture, in the winemaking, in the sale, 
based they are crazy on quality and uh, they want never happy what they do and they want every day doing better so I am lucky because now there is a great team and uh, without people you cannot do nothing the, tri- the dream will not be reality if there is not people like this yeah I mean that is very important that you've got to have staff that buy into you, A that buy into your philosophy and B actually do what they're supposed to do and also as you say have feel that they've got the freedom to say hey listen why don't we try this maybe we should do it change this little thing and do it another way and that often isn't the case uh, when you see relationships between particularly like CEOs the smart guy you haven't got a tie on but you're a smart guy obviously and um, just a a normal vineyard worker you know say hang on can we just I do the same operation 4,000 times a year if we changed it we could save X number of hours and this much number of product we'd save money and we could invest in something else so you're open to that yeah always respecting the good tradition but that comes from your in it's a very it can be a very negative word in Italy contadino which means a peasant or a, or a, no, or a lowly farmer no I'm proud farmer. to be a contadino yeah, I, yeah I'm, I, I'm very I, proud <laughs> even if uh, sometimes I, I have a tie I say don't be mistake uh, even if I have a tie I am a farmer for me it's the noblest job of all a farmer <laughs> without farmers we don't eat and without no. them we're not, we're so not I'm, I'm very proud to be a farmer when we say you are a manager you are an industry I say no no no, no I am not industry I'm a farmer so what's the next step for you you must have ambitions you're someone that's always going to have another hurdle to, no, to jump. we have not, like I told you in the beginning, we have not a target because uh, how, how you can have a target. We don't know how to do, to do better, but we have to do better, but without to know how, because the rules are done. For example, this is very interesting, it's a little more technical. In all the book of winemaking is kind of low that when you have the sediment of the wine that you cool down the juice, you have sediment. The lees. The lees. And this, on the book, is right. They have to take out the lees heavy and leave the, he- the light, the fine lees. Otherwise you get a stinky wine, you start getting reduction and hydrogen sulfide. And in Italian, lees, bad one, the heavy one, is called feccia. La feccia. And feccia, in Italian, you can say not only on the wine, but also in the population. This is the feccia of the sausage, so criminal or... Yeah, it's a, it's a bad term for low lives. It's a very bad term, feccia, not only of the wine... Scum. Also in the sausage. Yeah, you would call it scum, even though scum is and the thing that rises I have the proudness to tell that now our feccia is the best part of our wine, because after that we wash the grapes, there are not bad nose, there are not any more bad things no copper not zinc no sulfites so the feccia the heavy leaves that one time we was take away because they smell very bad now they give to our wine a lot more power and we don't take away the feccia anymore we leave our wine totally this is something that we discovered three years ago we say but why when we take away like because it was the rules mm-hmm. and we smell and say but it's very good why we take away So we try to leave it. We try and we make comparison. Wine with and wine without. And the wine with, they were always better. So say, we're not stupid, we we leave it. How much extra volume does that give? If you say you have a litre... It's about uh, two and a half percent. Okay. That we was losing, but in wine is about less than one because then you put away the heavy. Mm-hmm. The really heavy leaves. Yeah. Because it's solid, it's not wine. So we have a little 1% more of wine also. <laughs> we make more, more wine from the juice. But you're saying that you're, it's not just about the 1% extra of wine, it's also about having. Is because you leave on the, is the wine absorb the power, the intensity from positive things and not from negative. And it can allow you to reduce yes. the level of 
sulfites yes. as well because it's yeah. because it's still on so the leaves. They tell you we don't have a target because this happened by chance. We don't know. When we studied the berries power, the machinery that was a crazy because the people that you know that all the fruit that became food is washed. Yeah. Olive to do olive oil, orange to do orange juice, apple to do cedar or orange juice, fruit from yogurt, fruit from jam. Everything is washed. The only fruit that is not washed is grape because it's uh, uh, insane, it's uh, blaspheme. Because the first fraud in the 60s was to add water to the wine because who cares if the wine of 30 degrees is 12 or 11 and a half, who cares? And so the first fraud, the third bad thing to do was adding water to the wine. So when you speak water in the world of good wine high quality wine the people water are you crazy they but think you're just putting the hose in the vat just, yes, to, uh, just to make and more so wine when we say we wash the grape the people look at me are you nuts yeah i have to say i thought you were nuts no, <laughs> I, we are a little bit nuts <laughs> but we dry the grapes 99.7 percent so there's is more wet a grape that is cut under the rain than our grape because our grape is more dry of someone that is harvesting with the... But is it worth it in terms of cost? Obviously, traditional method sparkling wine. Cra- crazy cost to yeah. wash and dry. But so you can, you can, if you're making like a everyday white wine, you probably wouldn't do that. But if you're making top quality sparkling wine with no, a decent No, we margin, do now with all. We, really? we do with the white, we do with the red, because if you see, it's just enough that you look at the first, uh, we call Yakuza, in the first uh, thing where go the grapes, after half an hour, the color of the water, you understand immediately that is a process that yes, will arrive for all the wine in the future. <laughs> because you see the water, and you see the water brown, and say, what is this? And there is the desert powder that came the sand from under from the, the sand. Yeah. Is the pollution, is the cup, is the zinc, is the hunt, is the spider, is everything you have in the grapes. But if you wash, you lose everything and you have something more pure. So I believe it will be something that will, is, will not a pattern for Cadel Bosco for a long time. What's your next project then? I don't know. We don't know. We, we go day by day and when we have, we have evidence, we go for it. Do you think your father would be proud of you, the little rebel at 14 who was out <laughs> protesting? Or would he still I, think you're I, I a, don't know, because he never loved this work because he said that I was invested too much money for what I get back. So he, he was more practical, in, you say industrial. I am more dreamer and farmer, and uh, I never matched with him that he was more, I say, rational. Yeah, more feet on the ground. Yes. Yeah. But you have been very successful. Well, we are now very successful, and uh, and also it's very, 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 very important that I believe, like you mentioned in the beginning, in order to do this was not possible to do alone and I need to have a partner. So I, I was not so egoist to say it's better to have something small at 100%. It's better to have something that can arrive where I want, even if it's not all of my property. And so that's also the choice in 94 to have a partner that can allow me to make my dream become reality. We can talk a little bit about the zone of French Accorta. So what is French Accorta? The wine. Yeah, and what? Because how you know, and I want to tell you, we are not talking today about uh, spumante, we are not talking of champagne, we are not talking of sparkling wine, we are not talking of Prosecco, we are talking of French Accorta. So this is very important because uh, it's a message that I want to give to consumer because the consumer 
must understand that even the wine with the bubble, they are not different from the other one. But, and so it's stupid to call it how they have done. You have to call it with the name where they come from. So we don't want, and the law, the European law, give us the opportunity to do, because perhaps you know, all the sparkling wine done in Europe must mandatory put on the front label for help the consumer the fact that they have bubble inside. So all the sparkling done in Italy, they must have spumante on the front label. All the sparkling done in France, they have vermousseau on the front label. In Germany, sec. In England, sparkling wine. There are two exceptions. One is our cousin of Nord of France, east of Paris, that obviously I don't mention. And the other is French Accorta. Begins Accorta. with the sea. Began from the sea. And the other one is French Accorta. These two appellations get the recognition to be wine and not sparkling. So we are talking of wine. Incidentally, those wines have bubbled. But incidentally. So I want and I hope that the consumer recognize French Accorta immediately like a wine, like Barolo or like Brunello, because the fact that it's red, Barolo, is not affecting. The fact that it stays six years in the hood, who cares? The fact that French Accorta have the strongest low production sparkling wine in the world, yep. we don't care. Mm-hmm. It's French Accorta. Then the rules became after. If someone want to know, yes, is the, the most strict low to make a sparkling wine in the world, so low production of grape, low pressing of the grapes, more long aging time of all the others. So a lot of things that give the rules to the producer of the area to get not quality, but a future and build the culture that we miss because we have only 50 years of culture and give to everyone the direction to get the culture more fast as possible. Okay, I want to say thank you to my guest today, Maurizio Zanella of Cardel Bosco, founder and president, CEO of Cardel Bosco and former teenage rebel, but ultimately a contadino and a very proud contadino, a proud farmer who happens to make sparkling wine with washed grapes. It's been great talking to you, very stimulating guy to, to interview. I have to get you back on the show, I think. We can, I'd love to delve deeper into some of your rebellious, Grazie mille. rebellious times. And um, I'd love to come and visit the, see the wine you, you must, harvest. Yeah. You, must. you must come during the album yeah. because it's something unique. You've been like, you, you sort of made your own life. You've had great influences. I mean, if you like, Domenico Romani Conti in Bordeaux, Veronelli, uh, and also your parents. Yeah. You've made the most of all of those influences, good or bad. And some people say, oh, I had a bad father, or I had a bad this. And, no. And complain I was about lucky. it. Yeah, and you you always look on the bright side. So that's great. It's nice to see you, Maurizio Zanella, Cardel Bosco. I hope we meet again. Grazie. See you soon. Piacere mio. Ciao. Grazie mille. Grazie. Fantastico. This podcast has been brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Discovering the true essence of high-quality wine from Europe. Find out more on nativegrapeodyssey.eu. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. 